Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. That's me, folks. Ready for some Stranger Things? Oh yeah, and some Yacht Rock. Oh yeah. Going, we're going back to the, we're going back to the 20th century for this episode. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Let's do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw being the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. So we actually have some bad news up front, uh, up top. A couple uh, movie veterans died this week. Uh, the first one I'm going to mention is Ian Holm uh, passed yes. away. Um, he died at, eight, at age 88. Um, and you probably know him as playing Bilbo Baggins in the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings trilogy. Um, Ash in Alien. He's the, the android in that movie. Yep. Um, and also Chef Skinner in Ratatouille. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which I didn't know until I was looking up his filmography. So, I did not know that either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is very sad, uh, obviously. Ian Holm was a, a very good actor from what I saw him in. I was trying to remember, I'm not sure I've seen him in much beyond what we just mentioned, but I probably have at some point. He's in uh, Fifth Element too, but I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, that's right. I haven't seen that either. Um, yeah, uh, so sad days for that. Yeah, I I believe he was 88 years old, and I think it was complications from Parkinson's. I think I had heard that could be. I forgot to write down the cause of death. So, um, but I mean, 88 years of life, he seemed to live a good one. He has a very good reputation. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give Ian Holm uh, a broca on life. Uh, yeah, he gets a broca on life from me too. Uh, next up, another sad death. Joel Schumacher died. Uh, famed director of hit films such as The Lost Boys, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, and of course, Batman and Robin yeah. and Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Joel Show. I haven't seen any good Joel Schumacher movies. <laughs> they do exist. Um, I just haven't seen them. So yeah. uh, my my perception of his movies are, are twisted by Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But they're still um, incredible films. They are. In fact, <laughs> we watched them. We watched Batman and Robin together. Yeah. Uh, in 2020. So yeah. I think that I think that kind of set everything off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right at the, the beginning catalyst. of 2020, we watched this, and that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. You're but right. Um, Jeez, it's our fault. Yeah. Um, I I still enjoy uh, those movies, and he's he's making kids comic book movies. So. Yeah. I'll have to check out some of his uh, uh, more well critically received films. Yeah, I don't know his filmography too well, aside from what I just mentioned. I, people like The Lost Boys. I don't know if it's 
actually good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, sad for Joel Schumacher as well. Seemed to also live a good life, I think. I don't know too much about him. So. Yeah, the ma- the guy made like, what, eight feature films? Eight or more? Um, so that's way more than I've made. That's and way I, more than I'll ever make. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jimmy. Yeah. Combined. Well, We'll see about that, Holden. <laughs> um, we'll see about it. I got some years left to live here. I and don't. you don't. No. Because I'm going to... My time's you. coming soon. Yeah. I'm going to murder you and replace you with uh, Teague. Nice. Shout out to Teague. And, and Derek. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> two people. <laughs> yeah. uh, it takes two people to replace you, Holden. You're uh, just I worth, guess that was kind of a compliment. Thank you're you. You're worth two people. Uh, but it I'm doesn't gonna, change the fact that I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to give Joel Schumacher uh, in life a brokaw. I will as well, Holden. Nice. Um, so next up, we don't have. We only have one delay that I was aware of, at least this week. And this actually just came out today. The SpongeBob movie, the new one, Sponge on the Run, that everyone's so pumped for. You and I both, Jimmy. Top 10 anticipated Hideo Kojima. of the year. Yes. Really, really <laughs> getting on the SpongeBob ban- bandwagon. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's delayed until 2021 at an unspecified date. It said early 2021, um, but it's going to be going straight to streaming. Uh, it's will be first on demand, so kind of like Scoob was doing, and then it's going to be going to CBS All Access, which everyone that, has. That is a... <laughs> That's a bombadil. <laughs> that is a bombadil. The delay I, I'm fine with because maybe this movie's just better off not coming out. But coming to streaming and then to CBS All Access, I'm I not. Guess, I guess we'll just have to buy it on demand, Jimmy. Yep. It looks <laughs> like I'm Venmoing you another 10 bucks <laughs> to split this pile of garbage. Although I did, I thought the second movie had its moments. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, and of course, the first movie is a classic and the first few seasons of the show are like peak comedy (laughs) they are they really my sense of humor is directly based off growing up with the first several years of spongebob Mm -hmm. so uh yeah that's a bombadil not a big fan of that (laughs) um yeah i'll give it a bombadil as well uh next up this is exciting and was caught me off guard this week um so there's a new Flash movie coming out. We're aware of it. We've reported on it before. But it Is looks there, like, though? <laughs> maybe not. Well, well, listen to this, Jimmy. Batman might be in it. And not, not only Batman, Michael Keaton Batman might be in this. Um, the And so Michael Keaton, Michael, obviously. Michael Keaton as the vulture. Yeah. <laughs> and Batman. And both. They should, and make, the they should make a, a Batman movie with the vulture from the mcu and it's yeah, just michael keaton versus michael keaton <laughs> um so michael keaton obviously uh was batman and uh batman the tim burton batman movies batman 89 and batman returns um but this movie this flash movie has long been rumored to be uh, about flashpoint which the flashpoint storyline in the comics is barry allen basically goes back in time to save his mom but by doing so he accidentally creates a whole alternate reality and so people are thinking, well, is Michael Keaton Batman versus this like alternate reality or something like that, or he's going to get involved somehow? Um, but what I'm wondering is, if Barry Allen can go back in time to save his mom, why can't he save Bruce Wayne's parents? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what Michael Keaton's going to be wondering. 
Yeah, he's gonna be mad. He's gonna be end up being the villain. What if he goes back in time to save his mom, but then his mom starts to fall in love with him, and he's got to get her to fall in love with his dad, and it turns out to be the Back to the Future I, it sequel better not that, be. <laughs> that Bob Zemeckis doesn't want to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I So I really like Batman 89, and Batman Returns I've seen once, and I don't really remember very well. So, I mean, I liked Michael Keaton as Batman. I think this would be kind of cool. What do you think, Jimmy? I say if you're going to bring back my Michael Keaton, you also got to bring back Christopher Walker. As, Christopher uh, Walken? Christopher <laughs> Walker? <laughs> I just forgot to write the the last part of the N. I just, it was oh, left yeah. as an R, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just got, forgot to complete the N. You improv that last bit, but you just, <laughs> you had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Christopher Walken as the mayor? Who does he play? Yeah, he was that? like the mayor or something or something. And then man. he also got to bring back Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. And Danny DeVito as the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. what's her name as Catwoman? Yeah, just bring back the Batman Returns cast exclusively. Oh, and and uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. No, but that's no, but that's and Val Kilmer. <laughs> that's Val Kilmer. I don't care, Olden. Because in that movie, uh, know, Harvey Dent is played by Tommy Lee Jones. I <laughs> know. I think it should be Billy D. Williams, Tommy Lee, or t- Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent shoots Tommy Lee Jones, Harvey Dent. <laughs> That'd be and pretty then, good. Uh, Bring then, Jack uh, Nicholson back. Yeah, Jim Carrey's the Joker. Bring him out of and, retirement. Uh, um, Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. Anyway, what do you? I'm gonna it's give settled, this settled. Bro- <laughs> I'm gonna Broca. give this a Broca. Yeah, it's a good idea. A Broca only if all of that happens. Only if that entire cast comes back. I agree. And it turns out to be a sequel, a backhanded sequel to Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, Jimmy, I know you are excited for. This will be exciting for news for you. There may be a Mamma Mia three. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, again. See what again. I did there? Uh, yeah, I see what you did. Um, so the producer. I, okay, to preface your sarcasm there, Holden. Yeah. I've seen about four minutes of either Mamma Mia two, Mamma Mia movie, and it was the most excruciating four minutes of my life. So, but meanwhile, needless, I'm needless I'm a to big say, fan. I have not watched the rest of the movies. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Mamma Mia films, the Mamma, Fia, Mamma Mia duology uh, so far. Um, so the producer apparently came out this last week and said it was always meant to be a trilogy, which is bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they're like, oh, we have this idea for a trilogy. Um, apparently, ABBA already has like some new numbers written up for it, like the various ABBA members or ABBA. I don't whatever literally just say it how you want people will get mad either way i'm sure um but apparently there's some new numbers already written up for it and universal wants them to do it because the other two made them a lot of money so it's probably gonna happen and we might review it on the podcast <laughs> nope i'm vetoing that we'll i uh, be long dead before then that's true Derek teague and i will just be watching uh, with uh, i can't think of it. v for vendetta because i still haven't seen it <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm excited for that. And I'm sure all Mamma Mia fans anywhere are. are. I credit Mamma Mia, that like actual stage musical with getting me into musicals. And so the movie just has that spot in my heart that it shares that spot with the musical. So I have definitely have bias towards it. (laughs) Okay, well then I'll stick to La La Land. All right. 
Mamma Mia, here we go. Bombadil. If you, Land. I'm if giving it a Brokaw. <laughs> Bombadil. There we go. We haven't disagreed in a while, so about time. Um, AMC. There's some controversy with AMC this week. Um, so earlier in the week, and the original notes that I had written down when I wrote it down said that uh, AMC was not requiring masks when they were reopening. And they were saying it was like the CEO in his tweet was like, it's a political controversy. They don't want to be a part of, <laughs> which is, seems very silly. Um, anyway, what a, what a time to be alive. Older. Yeah. That a pandemic, you. That a, don't you that a, love social media and that how? a disease is a political controversy? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, so after significant backlash, like they got a lot of hate for that, and the CEO did as well. Um, they're now requiring them once they reopen, as a lot of other movie theater chains are. Uh, Regal and Alamo have announced that as well. I don't know if Cinemark has said that or if they're... I know some of their theaters are already open. I don't know if they're doing that. Yeah. So, what do you think of that, Jimmy? Having masks. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I, I would wish people wear masks i mean i get it why it's annoying it's it can be especially annoying if you have glasses like me mm-hmm. and your glasses can get fogged up but like i found a workaround to that is just kind of have your glasses a little bit farther down your nose which is a little annoying but you know it's the health of other people so i can deal with it nice nice like, Put another just before not yourself. it's not hard <laughs> Okay, I want to see Tenet. Okay, so just wear a mask. Do it for Please me. Please so wear can a see mask. <laughs> we all. I just want to see Tenet, and I just want baseball to happen. Okay, so just <laughs> wear a mask, people. I'm gonna give AMC's new policy a broca. Sure, old and a broca. Uh, next up, Chicken Run. Have you seen Chicken Run, Jimmy? I have, old and I did see this news recently. Yeah, it's a great film great Ardman animations film i have not seen it in like 16 years <laughs> i think it holds up incredibly well actually <laughs> but um it's getting a sequel um on netflix and this was announced i think just today um and it was announced tw- either today or yesterday it was 20 years after the original movie first hit theaters um and it will be produced by Ardman. uh so you'll have that classic wallace and gromit and sean the sheep style or chicken run style i guess rather that you've come to know and love um and it's going to start production next year and since it's claymation i assume it'll be quite a while before we actually see this if they're not starting till next year but that's kind of cool i'm excited i don't know i may have seen the original in the theater like really i may have i i yeah i don't i can't specifically remember it but that is a distinct possibility that i would have seen it in the theater i don't would have been one of the first movies i had seen i don't think i ever saw the entire thing when i was a kid i remember seeing like reruns like or just airing on um like cartoon network or something like that i will say holden that i did when it is uh, special to me a special memory i have of it is i watched it during my first ever sleepover with um that happened to be with my cousins who live in town and we watched it that night and stayed up late until like probably like 10 o'clock we were like i was like in kindergarten you were staying up till 10 o'clock watching chicken run yeah oh my god and uh, after after a day of going to Chuck E. Cheese too, <laughs> oh. 
It was that's my like first the edgiest ever. day that a kindergartner can have. Oh my god. Yeah, it was something else. So um, it would have been yeah. so- it would have been even better if you were watching a PG thirteen film. <laughs> <laughs> and Holden, I think that is the last time I've seen it too. So <laughs> <laughs> should rewatch it. It's a good movie. I don't know. It might be on Netflix right now. Yeah, if it comes to Netflix, I'll watch it before this one comes out in five years. Yeah, in quite a while. <laughs> I'll give it a broke owl then. Me too. Um, this was exciting, and I almost passed over it because it's uh, it wasn't it wasn't big news, but I'm sure both of us will be interested. Uh, Boots Riley, who we know as the director of my favorite 2018 film, Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah. Um, who Jimmy also quite likes that film. Um, he is his next project is actually a TV show. Um, that's going to be titled I'm a Virgo. Like the uh, the sign, Vir- astro- astrological sign, Virgo. Um, and it's going to be, uh, according to his tweet, this is what he said. It's going to be about a 13-foot-tall black man. Um, and in, quote him, it'll be dark, absurd, hilarious, and important. So it sounds like, sorry to bother you. <laughs> yeah. Very it sounds like it exists in the same universe. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is apparently it's also set in Oakland, which that oh, movie's yeah. set in Oakland. Um, so yeah, Jimmy, what were your thoughts on Sorry to Bother You? I think we mentioned it on the podcast, but did we never reviewed it? Did we? No, that's because I feel like I watched it after we started the podcast. No, so. you did. You mentioned it on the podcast, but what did what did you think of it again? I forget. Uh, it's a s- solid movie. I enjoy it. It, it is uh, one that you just got to go with the flow <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, it's. Um, I think it's pretty clever and weird. It's very weird. I, I don't, honestly don't remember a ton about it other than the stuff that goes off the rails kind of yeah. the second half. It's It's definitely not like... It's not it's subtle not for about everybody. Its mes- no, it's not for everyone. It's it's not subtle about its messages either. No, um, not at all. But if you like weird, dark comedies that just go off the rails and are bizarre, you can watch Sorry to Bother You. It's on Hulu right now. But I mean, even if you just wanted to rent it, like it definitely deserves your money. It's so good. I saw, and I think I might have mentioned this when you brought it up. I saw this in Mission Impossible Fallout like two days in a row, and it was just. Er, I, well, one on one day, one on the next. And it was just such a good good time for me going to the movies. Seeing a large bl- uh, blockbuster in that quite good indie film. Also, apparently Boots Riley is like, I think he's a musician as well. He's just a renaissance man, huh? He is. He is. Um, but I'm excited for this. They haven't said what network or uh, streaming service it's going to be on yet. I think it's still a little ways out. Um but I'll give it a Brokaw. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw too, Holden. Yeah. Um. Next up, Guillermo del Toro's next movie. And I don't know if we've covered this before, but it's actually going to be an adaptation of Pinocchio. But don't worry. He's not selling out to the big old, the big old Disney, the big old mouse. This is actually going to be a, a different, darker take on Pinocchio that is not affiliated with Disney. Because Pinocchio is public domain, I think. Um. But... Yeah, so uh, the news that came out about it this week, though, was that Ewan McGregor is actually going to be voicing Jiminy Cricket in it. Um, we all know Jiminy Cricket as that guy who says, uh, when you wish upon a star, and 
Yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> I think he's the one who says that. <laughs> I haven't seen Pinocchio in a long time. <laughs> I um, saw it right before I saw Chicken Run. Oh. <laughs> um, and I, it's apparently also going to be stop motion, like we mentioned about Chicken Run. Uh, and it's going to be taking place in 1930s fascist Italy. <laughs> wow. So well, maybe it exists in the same world as Pan's la- and as Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, where it's just very sad. <laughs> um i think this sounds pretty cool though i mean it's guillermo del toro and even though he attaches his name to a lot of products he is actually directing this movie um and it's uh, coming out on netflix supposedly january is what they were shooting for i don't know if that'll get delayed at this point you think this sounds cool jimmy I will give it a Bergeron. I am not the biggest Guillermo del Toro fan. Like I, I think his movies are wonderfully crafted. Um, they're just a little bit quirky and bizarre to me. To me, I, and I, I guess I just—they're not always my cup of tea. But I think they are super well done. I think he's a fantastic director, um, super de- deserving of his Oscars that he won for The Shape of Water. But um. Mm. I mean, I'll be, I'll have my eye on this one, but I don't know if I will definitely put it down as much a must watch. Well, if it's coming out in January, we might watch it because there might not be anything else out. Because <laughs> January is a bad time for movies, very notoriously. Um, yeah. Uh, so next up, David Kep, I think is his name. David Kep, K O E P P, something like that. Um, he is no longer attached to Indiana Jones 5. He was apparently originally writing it uh, when Steven Spielberg was still directing. And this, I think, has been a thing for a while now, but it was just announced. So we don't know who's currently writing it. James Mangold is still signed on to direct it. We don't know if maybe he'll write it because I think he wrote or at least had a hand in writing Logan and Ford v. Ferrari. But I might be wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. I say that a lot. But um, uh yeah, so we don't currently know who's writing it. But what do you think about David Kep not being on it? Keep in mind, Jimmy, before you say anything, he wrote Jurassic Park and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Jurassic, like the original Jurassic Park? The original, Park? yeah. Well, I mean, that was a book. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, he co-wrote it with Michael Crichton. The screenplay, that is. Yeah, I mean, they, they did make some pretty significant changes between the book and the movie for that. Yeah. Um, think probably for the better i don't know i haven't read the book he apparently Um, he just okay so he's also a director and he just came out with this movie starring kevin bacon that i can't remember what it's called but it's like a horror movie it literally came out within the last couple weeks yeah footloose (laughs) um but it's apparently really bad and so that made me think i was like well maybe it's good he's not doing this i don't know yeah um what was the second movie you said other than Jurassic Park? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's okay if he's not attached to the project anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give this uh, a Brokaw, I guess. <laughs> Thank God I'll he's not. A, I'll give it a Bergeron because uh, we don't know who has replaced him yet. That's true. That's true. Um, Next bit of news... Just this try is, to get this movie made before Harrison Ford dies. Yeah, my God. We're getting close. Uh, <laughs> this is this is probably going to be the most exciting, actually exciting for you, Jimmy. And I don't know if you saw this. Did you hear what the new Rocksteady game was? 
No, I did not. Okay, so this is leaked, and so it's not officially confirmed, but there's been trademarks filed and stuff. Um, and a lot of so heavy... Where, heavy where's their source for this, Holden? I, I think I saw it on GameSpot. Really? I yeah. don't know how I missed this just happened today? No, this was like a few days ago. How did I miss this? Um, it was either GameSpot or IGN. I can't remember. That's Those are kind of the two I peruse. One, um, I re- I think one is far better than the other. I agree. But. No, I agree. Sometimes IGN just has stuff that GameSpot doesn't, though. Um, anyway, it's going to be a Suicide Squad game, apparently. Rockstars? Yeah. No, Rocksteady. Rocksteady. Oh, I thought you said Rockstar. No. I was like, they're not Maybe making I said GTA Rocks- 6. I don't think I said Rockstar, but... <laughs> oh, no, I did see this. Oh, okay. I thought you said Rockstar. I was no, like, oh, maybe oh, I man, did. Is it- uh, someone, one of the listeners, go back and see if I said Rockstar. You probably said Rockstar. I don't think I, I did. don't know. Maybe I just, because <laughs> I was like, they're not making GTA 6. Are they making Bully 2 or something? What's no, going on? That would here? be exciting. No, uh, so it is a Suicide Squad game, though. Um, Apparent- and- well, yeah, but I mean, how many times has this game leaked? <laughs> as something that's true i think this one has more stuff behind it than the other leaks because the the other ones were mostly like rumors and this one seems to be a lot more like they might talk about it at the dc event that's happening in um uh, august i think it is um but anyway the the title that some people think it's going to be called according to trademarks being filed is suicides the suicide squad kills the justice league um, and it sounds kind of fun to me because that sounds like it would be you played as one of the suicide squad who's weak and doesn't have good powers, just fighting these monstrosities like Superman and Wonder Woman and fighting them in epic battles where you are at very uneven odds. That sounds cool to me if that's actually what it is. What do you think, Jimmy, about this? Um, I'm going to go Bergeron. I'm not the biggest suicide squad fan in the world. Oh, I'm um, not either. I <laughs> I hate the Suicide Squad movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, just in general. Oh, okay. The Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, it's rock steady. So, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan either, but I just, I'm, it gets me excited. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to be honest with you, I'd rather just have them make another Batman game. Because it's not, it's like they have, <laughs> they have just blatantly lied to people before about what they do. So... <laughs> They could just blatantly lie about... No, we got WB Montreal making Court of Owls. Yeah, please, please actually be making that game and just release it or just announce it already. What are you literally waiting for? They're waiting (laughs) for the DC event in August. Yeah, good thing you teased it like September two years ago. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I guess, okay, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Just mostly because it's, at this point, technically just a rumor and a leak. Like, I'll, I'll I mean, be with I feel strong. like I'd be more excited if it was a Justice League game than a Suicide Squad game. I don't know. I also, don't, I if mean, you, I, if it is, I, if the way you're setting it up is that it'd be a bunch of boss battles and Rock No, I don't, it. no, I don't think it'll be boss battles, but, like, I think... I, well, how would you not have boss battles in a game like well, that? Well, there would be boss battles, but I don't think that's all it would be. Well, no, but I think that would be like kind of the crux of a lot of this. If it's the Suicide Squad taking on the Justice League, I would imagine there's a boss battle for each member of the Justice League, yeah. and Rocksteady has not proven um, 
proven themselves in in uh, boss battles, except for the famous Mister Freeze fight in the Arkham City, which is quite good. Uh yeah, I don't know. I'll give it a Bergeron. Fine, Jimmy. You've convinced me. I won me you over. I won you over to the to the middle side. Yeah. Um, that's it for news from me though. Uh, oh, yep. Do you have anything, Jimmy? I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but not off the top of my head. So we're just okay. going on. Yeah, we'll mention it later, like we usually do <laughs> if we think of it. Let's talk about yacht rock. Let's do yacht rock. So we can just do spoilers for this, yeah. right? I okay. Could, so- I don't think there's like. <laughs> anything to really spoil yeah <laughs> well it's all history jimmy oh yeah Sorry. <laughs> uh yacht rock uh is an interesting th- interesting in multiple ways for one it's 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 different for us because we've never really done like a web series but this was only like a slightly over an hour so it really wasn't that bad to do it's 12 episodes each only around five minutes the last one's a little bit longer um but they're really not long at all um and it's really just it (laughs) basically what it is is it is it's supposed to be like these stories of how these songs are written like a bunch of like soft rock songs from the 70s and 80s how they're written but it's like and what's funny about it is it's somewhat based on the true stories of how they're (laughs) written like like if you if you were to just take out all the very like obviously crazy stuff a lot of this is actually true um but it's just bizarre it starts out and it's very much like oh it's these two people coming together to write a song that's kind of how the first episode is and then it just gets crazier from there it it evolves and there's somewhat of a narrative going on kind of not really it was made by i don't have the creators names down which we should give them credit for because it's pretty good and it's it actually was one main guy yeah it was uh oh man i'll pull it up here but it so it, it was made for i think it, i think it was made for youtube and like the mid 2000s and if you've heard the term yacht rock before it actually comes from the series uh if you think of yacht rock as kind of like soft uh laid back kind of music it is defined pretty well in this show as such. And so th- there's actually a serious XM station that I know that's called Yacht Rock. And I just thought it was a term. And now I'm happy that I know where it's from. Yeah, I thought it was just a term, too. Um, the It's J.D. Reisner, okay. Hunter D. Stair, and Lane Farnham. Okay. Farnham. Um, I think it... So it was made for Channel 101. Oh, so which- it was made, like, for public access uh a not channel 101 is a non-profit monthly short film festival in los angeles oh, okay <laughs> so not at all what i was saying so you basically nailed it on the head nice the opposite of that okay so good job yeah and it was made from like mid 2000s i think the last episode was like 2012 so they were like they really spaced them out they really like I mean, obviously, they probably weren't making money off of this, so they did just did it in their free time. Yeah, so the, the first, like, 10 episodes, I think, were in 2005. Oh, then all 10 the of them? 11th, then the 11th episode was in 2007, and then the final episode was in 2010. Oh, okay. 
There you go. Jimmy has the hard facts because he's actually looking at something with it. <laughs> Unlike Holden, I don't just make it up. I'm just guessing. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's you have the the two main characters in this in this series. By the way, we highly recommend it if you haven't gotten it uh, gotten understood that so far. So if you don't want to know anything, don't listen. But I mean, it doesn't. But really yeah, like you can have it. Yeah, I, like, it's still, what, what are we actually going to spoil for not you? Not much. I mean. um, the two main characters are Michael McDonald, uh, the keyboardist and one of the vocalists um, from the Doobie Brothers at one point in time. He also uh, played with Steely Dan and some other people. And then the other one is Kenny who, Loggins. Who, who loves this web series, by the way? Michael McDonald I, does? Yeah. I okay. think I saw that quote. Um but how he said like and how he thought it was hilarious that actually some of it is actually like based on the truth yeah. <laughs> and then uh kenny loggins um who is very famous for having written a lot of movie themes like uh, footloose and danger zone um and a bunch of other hits um and so they're kind of the two main characters in this and they kind of they go place to place michael mcdonald is obsessed with being very smooth he talks about that all the time he's obsessed with smooth music and he's convinced that it's the future even though it's obviously dying out (laughs) and it's 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 very funny and then kenny loggins is kind of his foil where he, he starts out as his friend and they're very they're working together and that's kind of the first episode or two is they're working together but then kenny loggins starts moving on with the times and becomes more of a rock hard rocker and you know making these poppy uh, uh music themes and whatnot for the movies and such um and yeah it's pretty entertaining yeah, so my viewing experience of this was I was trying to get it quickly done before we recorded here. And I was like, the first couple, two, three episodes, I wasn't really paying that close attention to it. But as it went on, I was like, you know, this is pretty funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the last few, I was like, this is hilarious. I definitely need to go back and rewatch the first few episodes again so I get a better appreciation for the whole product. It's um, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, if you love this type of music, this is like right down your alley. I mean, if you grew up around this time, like you'll love this because this is all very like you have so many iconic musicians that just show up. You have Eddie Van Halen and uh, members of his band that all show up. And you have Michael Jackson at one mm-hmm. point, who is very <laughs> funny. I like Michael Jackson a lot in this. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, famous musician Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was Drew in the Carey Brothers. Drew Carey is in it? I was, like, yeah. I was kind of not paying attention, and then Drew Carey showed up. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, no, but if you love, like, classic rock and stuff, this is, like tailor-made for you i was getting so much out of this because i love this music um and i mean if you don't you still might find it funny just because a lot of these people are so well known that seeing these exaggerated portrayals are hilarious it's purposely like made very poorly like there's no disguising that they're just filming on like a back lot (laughs) like behind someone's house for most of it um it, this this show flies like this is the fastest pace paced thing like ever it just yeah keep, it just blows by well and that's is, it just like the, the which is really interesting that it's from like 2005 yeah because it just zips 
It's, I mean, I think part of that is it's like five minute episodes and each one of them has to have like a conflict and resolved. And so you have all these conflicts just constantly happening and getting resolved over the course of like an hour. It's so fast. I agree. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. What is Dr. Was it Dr. Dre was making something? Yeah. It's like, this is going to make some good whatever. Like, I. That cracked me up so much. Doctor, yeah, I that episode was, was pretty Dre. good. Yeah, doctor, it was Doctor Dre. Um, I I think my favorite episode was the Footloose episode. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so for context, okay, <laughs> if you can't if you can't tell already, we don't know how to review a web series. We're very well, much. Well, I mean, jumping this over. this show is all over the place. That's to be true. Fair. I so okay, maybe be- before we get into the specifics. We should talk about overarching things. Um, from the beginning, I really appreciated the Hollywood Steve cold opens. I did too. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they got progressively funnier <laughs> as the show went on. Yeah, Hollywood Steve serves as kind of, I mean, he's supposed to be like telling the stories or whatever, and he serves as the cold open, and he also closes the show, and it is excellent every single time. It's so, I mean, like it starts out, and he's just like, hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. Like, such and such happened back in the 70s, but then it progressively gets wilder. He, uh, at one point, he, he murders a homeless lady while he's doing the intro at one point he's like having bdsm sex (laughs) while doing it not graphic of course um uh at one point he like refuses to help a woman who's choking (laughs) uh yeah it's good stuff it's pretty funny very yeah dark humor obviously but it's funny um yeah the cold opens there's lots of mu- i mean obviously there's lots of music that's not i mean you can tell by the by the concept and what we're saying but the music is very interesting because it's like they'll just say a line which is obviously the name of a song like at various <laughs> points like i i'm trying to think of a good example um oh what was the song that they write in the first one um what a fool believes yeah Yeah. so the doobie brothers song what a fool believes they actually mentioned that song several times throughout the series where someone will just say that's what a fool believes (laughs) (laughs) that happens several times but there's just points like that and then sometimes people will just like break out into song but it's not really breaking out into song because they're just lip syncing over the actual tracks that's pretty entertaining (laughs) it's kind of like just a long music video for a bunch of different artists <laughs> I like how they it, it's like the um the font it's like the same as the um Wes Anderson font too. Oh yeah, it is. Like it's the same style, so I'm just kind of imagining <laughs> like as like a Wes Anderson film for a second. Um yeah, and so since it's like low budget, there's a few different like fight scenes in the movie and stuff like that, or people getting like physical altercations, and obviously they're just so bad, but it's so funny. It just adds to the charm of this. Um, the acting isn't great, but I mean that's also like on purpose. Intentional, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how any of these people actually are at acting, but it is definitely on purpose. Um, what else? There's um, some there's some really good lines like I like in the first episode where Kenny Loggins old partner is just like F- you Loggins your music makes me puke. 
<laughs> like right after Logan starts singing. There, um, are, there are some good lines. There are too many good lines that it's hard to remember them. Yeah. I have, well, and then in the second episode where um, Coco dies and everyone, and Christopher Cross, who, by the way, Christopher Cross, I don't know if you knew this, he's being played by Justin Roiland, who uh, many know as the voice of Morty in Rick and Morty. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that because he doesn't really sound like him. Like, lots of times when Justin Roiland does voice acting, you can tell it's him, but, like, his normal voice doesn't sound like that. Um... But anyway, he's like playing, Christopher Cross is playing this very smooth song and Coco gets stabbed by a harpoon and he's like dying. And then he's like, no, don't stop. It's so beautiful. So smooth. <laughs> <laughs> There's also this line after Coco dies in the next episode where it's uh, uh, Kenny Loggins has like moved on and he's doing the, the Caddyshack theme. I'm all right. Um, and Michael, uh, Michael is like still kind of stuck in the smooth grooves and it's this line where it's like, looks like Michael's reached the fifth stage of grieving acceptance and Kenny's reached the sixth rocking out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just stuff like that. There's so many good lines in this. We got to talk about the Footloose episode. Yeah. So what is the standout? This is the standout episode. Um, in my, my opinion, what? having having kind of paid attention in the first <laughs> few and then watching the last half. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the 11th episode, 11 out of 12. Um, and what you'll notice at, from the very start is they got Jason Lee to play Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Jason Lee of um, My Name is Earl fame, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> fame, where he plays Dave, their, their guy or whatever. Um, and also, he's in a lot of like Kevin Smith movies and stuff. Um, Syndrome in The Incredibles. I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, that's right. Um, so he plays Kevin Bacon, and Bacon, <laughs> Kevin Bacon is very funny because he just like makes a bacon appear. And at one point, he makes a BLT appear and is like, anyone, anybody want a MeLT? <laughs> Man, I love how my last name is Bacon. Yeah, his his uh his chemistry with Jimmy Buffett is pretty great. It is pretty good. <laughs> what do you you want to talk about more about that episode, Jimmy? Yeah, just how the song Footloose became <laughs> written, <laughs> and like how the the things are so literal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that what I mentioned earlier about the the lyrics like pertaining to what's happening at the time comes to a head in this episode because you do have very good moments of as I mentioned to Jimmy earlier um, when he's like he, uh, Kenny Loggins has his foot like stuck to a bed like it's handcuffed to a bed um, and his friends come to rescue him and then he's like cut foot loose. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody cut, everybody cut, and it's just people, like, <laughs> cutting, literally killing people, <laughs> like, stabbing them. It's so good. And then they make fun of J- Jimmy Buffett. Like, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett's the one who kidnaps uh, Kenny Loggins to try to get him to write the the movie theme uh, for Footloose. And, and everyone just hates Jimmy Buffett. Because the one guy is, like, he smells the dart, and he's like, this smells it <laughs> smells it's line. yeah it smells mellow but not smooth a little <laughs> <shitty. laughs> something like that kind of <laughs> yeah just like jimmy buffett 
<laughs> Sorry for all of our Jimmy Buffett fans who listen to yeah. this podcast. The many. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of crossover, I'm sure. Statistically, there's probably one of you. <laughs> one of Maybe. you likes Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it's okay to like Jimmy Buffett. Like, it's okay to be wrong. I uh, I also <laughs> liked the last episode quite a bit. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That's when it really, really goes off the rails. <laughs> As if Jimmy Buffett kidnapping Kenny Loggins wasn't off the rails <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the this character name Giorgio Moroder <laughs> comes from another planet begging for help. He needs a song to destroy a what is it, a black hole? Yeah, so to destroy people. a black hole. <laughs> yep. And and, the, and meanwhile, they're recording We Are the World. Yep. <laughs> and everybody makes fun of Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, Was yeah. Dan Aykroyd actually on the We Are the World? He must have been. <laughs> yeah, that seems like they wouldn't just make fun of that. Yeah. Like, and why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. um. But yeah, that was a very interesting, bizarre episode. I mean, the whole thing feels like you're watching like a whole someone on LSD make it. Yeah, it does. There's there's constantly this like like weird like filter over it. Box moving thing. Yeah, tons of boxes floating around. (laughs) Um, there's all there's like this there's like this filter over the footage that they put and it's very inconsistent oh, yeah. in between episodes and shots and it's very funny because I think it was on purpose. They just didn't care. They just kept putting this filter over it. Uh-huh. Um what else? There's a whole episode that takes place in like the past with Jethro Tull, who I did not know was an actual person. <laughs> I didn't know he was actually a historical figure. I thought it was just the name of the band, but apparently he's actually like was like an agriculturalist in like the 1800s, I think, or 1700s. <laughs> um Yeah, what else? Michael Jackson's funny. He's just very loud. I like how the Eagles are like bullies to Steely Dan when they're like <laughs> trying to like I liked that too. Um yeah. This review is, is pretty much devolved into us talking about parts we like, but honestly, I it's don't. It's like the room; like we can't. Yeah. You're not. It's like, not. Do we it's, even score this? Like what? no, I don't think we should. I don't because. No. Yeah, it's really hard to review this. It's really hard to review it from one hand because, like, from a critical level, it's purposely made to be bad, and so it's hard to tell like what is actually well made for that purpose and what isn't and then like also it's just really funny and really stupid so it seems yeah. dumb to re- give it a score i think they knocked it out of the park Holden. oh yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah, i do too oh i also like van halen cursing the music producer <laughs> that's pretty good there's a, there's a lot of great little moments in it yeah, and you'll just have to discover for yourself. Yeah, and as we said, a lot of uh, a lot of these stories are somewhat based in reality. Like obviously, Van Halen did not curse a music producer or anything like that. But it, some of the stories that the, the way the songs were written are actually kind of true. And I didn't know that like that Kenny Loggins had co-wrote that uh, Doobie Brothers song, and then I looked it up, and he had, and I was like, well, there you so go. You were you're, It's educational. It is educational. 
But yeah, I think that's about all I have. What about you, Jimmy? Me too, Holden. Shall we get on to Stranger Things? Oh, yeah. All right, Stranger Things. We'll just be spoiling all of this, I think, because we don't really want to. We have three seasons to talk about, and we don't really want to split it into two sections. Yeah. Um. And I mean, third season at this point has been out for very close to a year. We're like just a week behind <laughs> it being a year since the third season came out. Um, but yeah. And um, who knows when they don't know when the fourth season's coming out, right? Nope. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet. Um, Stranger Things. I mean, who doesn't know what this is at this point? Um, but if you don't, Kind of a brief synopsis. Um, Stranger Things is a Netflix series um, that follows these kids in the small town of Hawkins. Hawkins. In- Hawkins. Is it Indiana? Yeah. Okay. Hawkins, Indiana. Small town. Is um, it though? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the first two seasons, it's like a town of 10,000 people. And then the third season, it's a town of like 60,000 people. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I mean, I'm like, wait, at what? 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 Did they just have massive population growth? In the my last thought was year? just that maybe it's in like an area of Indiana that doesn't have very many cities, so it's just like surrounding cities coming over. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know about I don't know about that old. Okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, it's a town in Indiana, um, and there's some weird things going on, some supernatural things, uh. One of their friends Some goes strange missing. Things. Yeah, strange things happening. Uh, uh, one of their friends goes missing in the first season. And they're trying to look for him, and this mysterious young girl appears, uh, who has powers and stuff. Um, yeah, I, don't I know. like how you said we're just gonna spoil it, and then you just gave a non-spoiler and not synopsis. I don't know. I mean, I don't. So know I think the, let's I, just. I think we should just say like who who what who is this TV show for? Like who would enjoy this? Okay, I think a. I don't know. I I think most people would because it appeals to certain like many different demographics. First of all, you have the '80s aesthetic, which will appeal obviously to people who like lived back then, um, have are nostalgic about the '80s. The show kind of got that movement trendy. Yeah, it was at the beginning of that movement. Yeah, of the whole '80s coming back thing. Uh, yeah, and um. So, I mean, it was very fresh at the time. Um, but yeah, so people who like lived through that, I'd say, I mean, maybe not old people, but most people would enjoy this show, I think. And I think that's shown by like how popular it is. Like, I don't really know. Yeah, I think if you like the Goonies, the It, uh, It yeah. from 2017, um, I'm just trying to think of other similar. It's thing. a little spooks. It's a little disturbing at times, but it's not ever too bad. Yeah. Um, I say yeah, disturbing, but I mean it's it is. It's it. If it was a movie, it'd be PG thirteen. So if you're yeah, maybe it might be if you have a young kids or something, it probably wouldn't be for them. Yeah. But um, but it's definitely I would say PG thirteen level. Um. um yeah, I do. I agree with you that it has it has a little bit for everybody. Um, I think the relationships really work. Mm-hmm. And the characters really work in the show. 
the characters the are the highlights. I agree. Um, and I think it's very well made, and it and it uh, it's an exciting, entertaining show. So I think if you watch the first cup, first two or three episodes, and you're not into it, then you probably just won't be into it. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's that's what I would say. I would say watch the first couple of episodes, and if it's not for you, that if it's not if you're not into it, then it's probably not for you. By that, however, point. almost certainly most of you have seen it at this point, because <laughs> yeah. well, a lot of I people mean, have. Okay, Holden. No, I mean it's good you're recommending it, but I mean it is a very popular show. I'm sure many All of right, our listeners let's, have watched. Let's it. go to spoilers. Yes. Um. So Stranger Things season one. We can go kind of season by season a little bit. Um, Jimmy, you might want to lead it because I have not watched it since last summer. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just watched it for the first time last year? No, I had seen season one and season two previously once bef- each. Um, and then I rewatched season one and season two last summer and, se- and then right before season three came out. Okay, sure. So I think watching them through for the first time... Season one might be my favorite, but I don't think I would want to rewatch it. Like, I don't think I would like it as much rewatching it. Mm. Like, I still would think it was good, but it's hard to go. It's especially for a show. It's hard to go back to the beginning and kind of have to go watch them redevelop these relationships. Sure. Um, But I think season one is very solid. I think it's a very tight narrative um, I think my biggest gripe with it is that the villains are kind of one dimensional. Yeah. And uh, especially yeah. like the, the Papa. Yeah. He His, was, like, didn't have very many redeeming qualities and didn't seem very human. Yeah. His, also his motives like didn't, weren't very clear. Yeah. Um, I think they fixed that quite a bit with the, the, guy who takes over for him in season two mm-hmm. um and i appreciated how the the scientists were a lot more in the gray zone character wise in yeah. season two where they were definitely just bad guys in season one i'm sure they heard that criticism and fixed it and it was kind of good that at the end of season one that they like all die <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're able to wipe the slate clean um i definitely cried the end of season one yeah um it was a tearjerker for me it was season one um is probably the spookiest because you don't really know what's happening as like season three has and season two have some like kind of as i mentioned before some like disturbing scenes and stuff but at that point you're kind of like oh i get it it's these creatures from like alternate universe that we've seen before (laughs) Yeah. yeah um but yeah, I don't know. I would say season one's probably the spookiest. It's got some kind of kind of kind of spooky moments in it. Um, but the characters, I want to kind of talk about the characters a little bit. Should Let's we kinda... should we talk about who maybe our fair favorite characters are? Okay. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Um, and I've talked to Jimmy about this before. Favorite characters. Um, and it's hard for both of us because there are quite a few very good characters in this show that we both like um so jimmy what do you who do you like i really like l um and the little girl yep 11 yeah and steve 
Mm-hmm. And uh, probably Hopper, although season three Hopper is a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say those were probably my three favorite characters. Yeah. Um, I love... Actually, my favorite character is Carrie Elwes as the mayor. <laughs> Just being I Carrie always. I loved Carrie always in season three of Stranger Things. He was so perfect for that role. He just should... gets the crap beaten out of him. He yells into a into a cell phone. Classic Carrie always. I should have I should have told you that he was in that season to get you to watch it sooner. <laughs> I would have told him. It was like, and the best part was I didn't know he was in it. So when he showed up, I was like, Carrie Elwes is in this. And then it just happens that he's basically Dr. Lawrence from Saw, but the mayor of Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah. And it's perfect. Um, So, so perfect. Hold on. <laughs> I enjoyed every scene that he's in. He just, <laughs> he's the crappiest situation. Like everybody just beats him up. He gets handcuffed several times. Nobody likes him. He's hamming it up in the role, man. Oh, and he just, yeah, he just digs into it, too. Um, So Steve, um, you mentioned, is one of your favorites. He might be my favorite character. And um, Steve is interesting because he has some of the biggest character development throughout the series. He's the Jamie Lannister. Yeah, he he really is. And uh, so it's it's interesting what uh, the Duffer brothers did. Uh, the Duffer Brothers are who created this show, and I th- wrote most of the episodes, I believe. Um, but it's interesting what they did because, like, you have Steve, who seems kind of like this, like, oh, really cool, almost jock type. He's not really a jock, but he's this very cool kid. Every, well, he's supposed he, to be. I mean, it's a small yeah. town, so you don't have to be that much of a jock to be. Yeah, um, and he doesn't like, and he doesn't like the nerds and stuff. And that's how he seems at first. And like he even like he's a jerk to Jonathan. He breaks Jonathan's camera and stuff. Um, But then he like over the course of even just the first season, you see that he like actually isn't that he's just kind of putting on this persona. Um, And I mean, that's not entirely new for like a bully character. But what is different is he becomes just like this hugely like this like father figure almost to these kids over the course of the series, especially Dustin, who is also mm-hmm. a good character. Um, but his relationship with Dustin and the way they built that, I think is one of my favorite things of the series. Cause it's just so like, he's very much like an older brother and Dustin never had like a dad or like never really knew his dad or anything. And so Steve kind of stepped in. I love that. I love Steve. He's so good. And he's got that cool bat with nails in it. That's always cool. Yeah. That's a- cool weapon you know what that reminds me of holden walking dead no i was gonna say the last of us but okay oh, okay <laughs> also the walking dead yeah very fair <laughs> although i just haven't watched that nor will i Sorry. yeah um yeah uh hopper yeah hopper i agree season three hopper i don't know why they did this they they made him just angry all the time all the time all um, the time and it's so out of character for him um he's, he just gets mad at mike all the time because at this point mike and 11 are like in a relationship and he just and, and he's, joyce yeah and joyce yeah he gets mad at everyone and it's so weird and it sucks that like this is like an emotion like one of his most emotional seasons because it just makes you so pissed at him like why are you doing this 
Yeah, and I mean, like, the ending of season three, I think, makes a big impact, even mm-hmm. though I had already known about this, this season four teaser, so... Yeah, so It didn't knew. quite impact me as much as I... It would have had I not known. Mm-hmm. Like, even for season one, like, I had... I did not know Elle was coming back. Yeah. Like, I kind of figured she would... But I wasn't sure. And then, like, season two, like, her name is, like, the top billing or the third billing after um, David Harbour and Winona Ryder. So I was like, well, I guess she's back. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the first time I had found out that she was actually in season two. (laughs) was just the credits. Yeah. (laughs) Of the first episode of the season. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I understand that you need to have an arc. I felt like they just put him so far to one side that it wasn't it didn't feel realistic mm-hmm. and they they did the same thing with mike too they pushed yeah. Mike way to be super contentious and not very likable because mike was one of my favorite characters season one and has not been the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. um and most of the characters aside from those two have good character growth although i'm not a huge fan of lucas or will um will has the unfortunate circumstance of not being in the first season like at all (laughs) because he's like he's like trapped and so he doesn't go through a lot of the character development that the others do um but he also like one of my big problems with season two is they just like they make his life horrible like will is just absolutely has the worst time in this series i mean that's not i guess necessarily I mean, if that is what the writers wanted, I guess that's one thing. But, like, I just, by the end of it, I was like, Will's just going to keep getting this like, taken from him and stuff. He goes, like, insane in season two. He gets possessed. And, like, in season one, he's kidnapped. Season three, I was actually surprised that they didn't do anything like that to him. But I think as a consequence, they didn't have really much for him to do. And then Lucas is just kind of contentious all the time and is kind of annoying. <laughs> He's like, he my definitely, he definitely is in the first season. Yeah. But I think Max kind of redeems him a little bit. His relationship with Max. Mm-hmm. I love um, Max. I like Max too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, the Jonathan Nancy stuff. Not a fan. Know. It's all right. <laughs> I don't necessarily buy them as a, he, I he's like, I still get the creeps from Jonathan. I do too. <laughs> he just took pictures of her, like undressing in the first season. I'm still not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. like, like Their relationship seems rushed a little bit. Yeah. And like, they does. don't really have much chemistry. I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not a, a Raylo or anything. No, but <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Like, Season three. I don't, it's all- not like it's not like you know when Bran came on screen in Game of Thrones, where I'm like, oh come on, let's get back to the action. But it's <laughs> well, it but was it's kind of. It's not that far away from that. Yeah, well, season three, their storyline was kind of like that. It was by far the least interesting part. And I thought it also contributed the least to the overall story. It did. Did they really find anything out? I don't think so. Because they just get attacked, and that's kind of how that ends. (laughs) They get attacked by the monster. At the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they knew that, but I, I mean, the, the big thing was going to come hunting for L anyway, the mind flare. Yeah. 
So I I definitely enjoyed the uh, Dustin, Robin, and Steve storyline. Yeah, with the Russians more. Also, just the Russians are in it now. <laughs> I don't know how much I like that. It just seems very campy. Well, I think that's the point. I mean, there's there's so many like you can point out so much in the series that is just like torn from that time period, like in movies and stuff, like so much inspiration. I think the Russians, I mean, I think they're definitely there to just add to that. And I think it makes it campy on purpose. I don't know. Also just the Russian Terminator in season three. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's pretty good. He's just a T-1000, basically. Pretty much. He even kind of looks like Robert Patrick, from what I remember. <laughs> he t- I'm like, <laughs> it's like he's Robert Patrick, but the, trying to do like an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation, but also be Russian. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I thought that was like, okay, you have the bad guy coming for him, but whatever. And I know that like, I know Jaws is the 70s, but Carrie always is like the mayor in Jaws. <laughs> yeah. I felt that inspiration. I guess, I mean, it doesn't necessarily just have to be 80s inspiration, Spielbergian, and a lot of that inspiration. So that fits there. Yeah. Um, um, other things. We haven't really talked about season two a ton. Yeah. Um, my, my least favorite season was season two. And I think it was yours too. Yeah, I think so. It feels just, the I, most derivative. Yeah, it doesn't... Nothing, yeah, like you said, I kind of, like, I hope, I mean, watching season three and then, like, the little epilogue at the end of season three when there's another another demagogue, demagogan, I'm just like, they're going to do that again? Yeah, like, I don't know. What it's that's... like another Death Star. It's like, <laughs> do, you, do you figure something else out here? Like, are we just going to recycle that again? I'm I'm just, I'm waiting for the inevitability that of L getting turned into a weapon against them. Like that is going to happen. Oh yeah. If that does not happen, I could not believe it didn't happen in season three, especially I, when they were building to it in the finale. But, um, it'll probably happen this season because I think the Duffer brothers said they wanted it to end after five seasons. So five seasons. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's what I think will happen. But Maybe it'll be the cliffhanger of the season or whatever. That, probably, honestly. Um, Which is yeah. like, it makes sense plot wise. I just kind of that annoys me when that happens because I feel like it's just it's all a, a cliche at this point mm-hmm. to just turn the the big weapon into the villain. It's like turn. It's like mind controlling super Superman. Yeah, or whatever. It's kind of boring. It's been done. Season two. I, one of my problems with season two and season three to a lesser extent is they feel like they have the exact same structure as season one. Like it very much feels to me, at least when I watched it, I felt like they, it kind of went through the same motions of like, they find out something weird. Nobody believes them. They prove it. it. Then all the people, then they cover it up and you're constantly seeing like the weird thing happen from like, (laughs) from an outside. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You yeah, you're an omniscient audience, but then the characters are slowly figuring it out, but you have already figured it out. Yeah. And I I mean, the formula worked in season one, and I think they disguised it enough in season three to like make it a lot more interesting. But season two, I feel like just felt like it, especially with like like I mentioned before, like Will just getting 
fucked over again. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't know. And I, they tried to spice it up by adding like Max and stuff. And that works a little bit, but it's still, it still feels like it. And season two also has the infamous episode that a lot of people don't like. I don't hate it. The Lost Girls is what it's called. Yeah. I, the Lost Sister. I think. Or Lost. Yeah. I don't hate it, but second time I watched it, I skipped it because it really ruins the pacing that the last episode sets up. Because the last, the episode before that ends on a cliffhanger and then they just don't address it. <laughs> Yeah, so. I didn't I didn't hate it either. It just was like I don't think we really needed this to, yeah. to, for Elle's story that for her character arc. A lot of people were thinking it was like uh, it was it supposed to be like a backdoor pilot for a spin-off show. That's what a lot Ooh, of people took I at hope it. not. Yeah, I was well, not interested in that. Well, no. I mean, I don't think it w- it went anywhere, but I think that's what some people think the intention was. Um but yeah. Um what else? We didn't really talk about the relationships too much. I love Mike and Elle. Oh like, my gosh. I cry every time. They, they are so cute. <laughs> like, absolutely adorable. Every time they're together from like the very start, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then in season three when they break up, it was, made me sad, even though it was a little contrived. And especially I kind of thought it was funny. But I mean, it, like, I knew they were getting back together. That's yeah. another thing. Like, it's very predictable, but it's like, it's okay to, it's like, all right, it's fine. It's predictable because it is that kind of campy 80s feel. Yeah. But they are adorable. I love them so much. Um, and the, the, like, snowball dance or whatever, whatever uh, it's called at the end uh, of season two. And then Nancy dances with Justin there, or Dustin, not the, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. Yeah, that whole scene was cute. Um, yeah, we didn't. We haven't talked about um, Winona Ryder's character. I can't remember her name. What was her name? Um, Joyce. Joyce. I like Joyce to an extent. I think Winona Ryder plays her really well, but I think like after season one, she just becomes like it's the same thing. Yeah, she, she feels like this. I I mean, I like her more than I thought I was going to at the beginning of the show. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just doing the nobody believes her because she seems crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I like how they kind of give her the benefit of the doubt as the show goes on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I like uh, the character Joyce more than I thought I was going to. And I think, like you said, Winona Ryder plays her very well. Mm-hmm. Um. This show is shot really well. It's a very pretty show. And uh, there's some clever um, shots and artistic shots as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it, it feels, I, there's a reason why this kind of kicked off Netflix's uh, original programming is they just kind of took a gamble and put a bunch of money towards this. And you can tell, like, it feels very, I, it doesn't feel quite movie quality, but that also kind of works in its favor because it makes it feel more like an older movie, uh, like an, something that I think would come it's from the 80s. Close. I think it feels pretty close to movie quality. Well, especially in the third season. Yeah, I agree. Um, But yeah, I don't know. This, I mean, the sets are good. They're authentic to what I would think of an 80s smaller town would be. <laughs> There's a lot of neon classic 80s trope. 
but I think it's used quite well. The soundtrack is really good. I can't believe mm-hmm. I had mentioned that. Soundtrack is great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, both with its original score, which is a lot of synthesizers, um, very 80s um, type thing. Um, but it's a good original score. But then the soundtrack that they use, the, the other songs, like the classic Hey, there's the uh, one of the more famous one uses is um oh crap and I just lost the song off the tip of my tongue never mind there's a lot of good songs from back but no it was like it's the song that will it, it's like Will's crux in the first season what song is that Will's crux well it's like it's like what he oh um he and Jonathan yeah uh oh my gosh. I'm going to look it up right now and everyone listening is going to be like, how do you not know? It's that? literally the chorus is the name of the song and I'm just blowing it. Uh, what? Uh, oh my gosh, this is really bad. Hold on. How do I not, how can I not think of this? Okay. Sorry for listening to the, it's should I stay or should I go? <laughs> should I stay or should I go? It's literally like, I was like, it I was know it the, on the, the name of my tongue. Yeah. Yeah, I kept thinking I, staying alive, but I knew, like, it's not I staying knew it alive. was by the clash and I was just like <laughs> all I could think of was Rock the Caspa, but it was not Rock the Caspa, <laughs> obviously. Um Yeah. Anyway, uh so soundtrack's good. Um What else? I mean there's a lot to say. Just because it's a series, three yeah. seasons. Yeah, twenty five episodes. Yeah. So. I like, I I mean, he's just a dick for the most part, but I like Billy a lot. <laughs> I like his arc, at, yeah, in season three. Yeah. And I he thought... Looks, my, my brother looks like Billy, so I'm like... Does he really? Yeah, he does. I'm like, is that Billy over there? And he's seen Stranger Things, so... Yeah, and I, yeah, season two, he kind of sucks, because he's just like, a, he's just angry for no reason, and I think... I think people. I think the writers heard that and then added like a backstory and stuff a lot in the third season, added some development and whatnot. But yeah, I quite like him. I like the fourth episode of the third season. I think it is where he, like he fights L in the in the steam room or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a good episode. I remember that one standing out to me. This the sauna. Yeah. Yeah, sauna. Yeah. The sauna test. I think is the name. Of oh the yeah. Episode. Um, what did you think of, uh, Bob? I like Bob. He, uh, I mean, I think it's obvious he's going to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm like, it, you're it, just standing in the way of Hopper. Yeah. And, it, it's uh, standing in Joyce. the way of Hopper and Joyce. And he's also just so nice. He's like <laughs> just this great guy. And which made me like him a lot. And I don't, I don't think he was like completely two dimensional in that way, but it, it just made me think i'm like oh this character is gonna die he's gonna i feel like and i I love how they like maybe unintentionally foreshadowed it with like him working at radio shack (laughs) because like radio shack (laughs) i don't think that was intentional i don't think that was the point (laughs) i don't think it is but it's like it this is not going anywhere good you know now that you mention it, I can't remember it, but I want to say it is foreshadowed. Like, there is a very explicit foreshadowing reference to it, to his death, that I caught the second time watching. I can't remember what it is, though. Someone listening might know. Uh, I 
you know, the whole like look and not continue running away or something and then gets mauled. I'm like, okay. Yeah. A little hammed up, but whatever. Sean Aston though. Good job getting some more work out there. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of maybe other some side characters that we haven't mentioned. Oh, people like what's his name? The the Russian in the third season. Yeah, Alexei. Alexei, yeah. People like him. That was and like a big thing at the time. Like everyone was obsessed with him when really? that season first came out. Yeah, that he was like the breakout character for third season. Which is unfortunate because he died. So <laughs> then there's the crazy Russian or the crazy conspirator guy who knows Russian who just says who points out the sexual tension. I don't like him that much. He's kind of funny at first, but he kind of just becomes like an exposition dump that people just go to to learn things. Like, yeah. It seems very lazy later, especially third season. When, as you said, he just points out the sexual attention again. I'm like, oh my god. Other characters, other things to talk about. I'm trying to think through this. Um, what do you who, what are your thoughts on Robin? I like Robin. I, I like think, Robin too. Yeah, and I think she's a really good. She's a really good part of that dynamic in that group because that whole group is kind of full of holes like people who are very sarcastic to each other obviously steve can be sarcastic you have lucas's younger sister who's just (laughs) you have dustin who dustin is a lot more subdued but he's also pretty sarcastic um and then robin's probably the most so um i think it's it's a weird dynamic because they all have very similar personalities in that way or at least at an outlooks in the way they act but they still work together well i like i like her i do too i think she was great and that's ethan hawk's daughter oh did it's not ethan, know that it's ethan hawk and um what's her name it's uh <laughs> poison ivy and batman and robin why is that the oh. one example i came up with <laughs> what is her name i should know it I like how we cannot think of, of names of very obvious <laughs> pop culture things right now. Like this famous actress who's literally in my favorite movie ever, Pulp Fiction. Oh my gosh. And in Kill Bill. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, it's such Uma Thurman. Such. Uma Thurman, there we go. It's also oh the my name of a gosh. Fall Out Boys song. <laughs> oh, this is bad. This is bad. We're we're losing credibility as a podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I, I to be to be fair, I did not get to. I I remembered it before I I got to the Google I was going to. So you you may not have known this, uh, Jimmy, but it's Ethan. Oh, so it's Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter, but she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jimmy. You know this? As, she was one of the. Uh, oh, was the, she the the hippie? What? Was she the no the, no no? She was she was one of the Manson four that went to the house at night. Oh, uh, but she's the one that runs away with the car. <laughs> she takes the keys and, and drives away and abandons the rest of them. So yeah, that was funny because that came out with, within a month of season three, and I was just like, wow. There you go, Maya Hawk doing well. Yeah. Um, All right, well then. 
Are we done here? Got anything pressing to say before we go on? Um, I mean, the monster designs are kind of cool. I mean, the Demogorgon's cool at first until we start seeing it all the time. It's pretty original. Like, I like the design, but it just gets overused. The Mind Flayer is kind of cool. I also, I like in the third season how it's literally just made out of, like, dead rats and people. Oh, yeah. So, I thought that was a little bit of a waste of kind of the infiltrating people, mind-controlled people. I thought they could have done with more with that mm-hmm. than they did. They just yeah, sort of like, oh, I'm just going to turn into goop and then be part of the mind flare. Also, what happened to those people? Did they die? I guess. They never resolved. <laughs> like, that is a lot of people. Just a lot of people and a lot of rats that don't get to live. They never resolved that unless I missed something. I don't remember it. So we'll say yeah. it doesn't get resolved. All those people just died. I hope they address that in season <laughs> four. Um, also, season three feels like the end of the show. It kind of does. Like I, I don't, felt like they should have just ended it there. And let, I mean, I'll wait to judge that on seasons four and five. Yeah, it feels very climactic. Like that final battle in the mall. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. That's going to be more... I, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be bigger, I guess. But what are they going to do that's going to have bigger stakes than that? I don't know. I also just thought it was like the perfect bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. And that I, I thought all the relationships kind of came to a, a, a nice conclusion. It made sense that the Bowers just finally moved away. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did they stay so long? Um, and, I, and I think if that's where Hopper's arc and I mean, like... When he reads that letter, that's very emotional. Oh, oh, that letter. I remember thinking that was sad. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're just bringing him back. I don't know. I Makes sense to end it there, but. Also, why did they have Hopper in the teaser for season four? Like, why? There's going to be people who don't know that he's in, who wouldn't have known he was in season four until they watched it. But now everyone knows such a wasted opportunity um yeah. i quick well, before we end i really i like the mall setting in the third season i think i do that, too it it look is it the same mall that's in wonder woman 84 it looks the same at least from the trailers so it's very i mean it that that was back when the mall was a big thing obviously it's not as much anymore and it's very big and bright and impressive and loud i I adored it. It was quite good. And then the other thing I want to mention is um, is Dustin's musical number. I thought that was dumb. What? You thought that was funny? Yeah. Most people thought it was funny, Jimmy. I least- thought that I was like, this is just dumb. Like, I just, it was one of those, it felt very Marvel humor like early Marvel humor where it was just okay. getting in the way of the plot and like nobody in real life would ever actually act like this in a situation of crisis. Okay, Jimmy. Fine. I thought it was fun. I thought I did think it was funny later when uh, uh, Lucas and Max were making fun of him for it. Yeah. I also like that his girlfriend is actually real. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't made up. Well, I figured... Yeah, I mean, it it would, yeah, but it's just funny. 
good conclusion. When 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 they mentioned her in the first episode and hardly mentioned her again, I figured she was going to be a plot device towards the end. <laughs> Chekhov's girlfriend, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, Olin. You ready to move on here? I think so. All right. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, what am I doing? I got HBO Max, Jimmy. Yeah? Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 pretty cool. It's got um Turner Classic Movies has a huge selection on it and I like added just a ton of stuff to my watch list. Like it's got a lot of just old movies that I have not seen yet and I'm pretty excited to make my way through it. Such as um I think you're just going to watch Gone with the Wind on loop because you're a major racist. Oh, well, it was taken off. I Uh, know. I had heard that. (laughs) I'm trying to... What what all was on there? They have, like... They have some David Lynch movies. They have 2001 A Space Odyssey. They have, um... Maybe we should review 2001 A Space Odyssey one of these days. uh, Let's not. Why not? I... No. (laughs) That just seems... I... I feel like that would be a really boring discussion that we wouldn't be able to get much out of that hasn't like, like it's just, it would be us being philosophical and it wouldn't be entertaining for anyone. I don't know. Holden. there's some weird crap in that movie. I'd like to get your take on. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of movies. I can't, I can't think of a lot of them off the top of my head, but if you were to look at the, just in that section on HBO max, it's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah uh, well okay so i found all those movies and then of course the first thing i watch is <laughs> the batman the dark knight returns <laughs> the animated movie oh sure when was that made uh it was a few years ago i don't remember if it was before or after batman v superman because that movie takes a lot from that comic series mm-hmm. um or that co- that mini series I mean, even the even the suit right yeah um, and the, I mean, the series is great. The comic is great. If you haven't read it, um, definitely do so. But the movie is very much an adaptation of it. I think it's very close. If you just want to watch a visual version of it, it, you can't go wrong with that. It's actually split into two parts. Each one is only like an hour and 10 minutes. So it's over like, it's around like a two hour 20 movie in total. Um, but it feels very much like a comic miniseries. That's probably my one complaint is they probably could have fixed the pacing of it because there's certain plot lines that like they focus on and then it ends and then they start a new one and then it kind of goes through that. And there's obviously overarching stuff that happens, but it it feels episodic even though it's not really. Um, but yeah, that was good. Um, I've watched Harry Potter 5 through 7. I haven't watched the last one yet. I mean, I've seen them before, but I'm on my rewatch, watching them with my youngest brother. All right, Holden. After watching the first, rewatching the first seven Harry Potter movies, which ones stand out, and which ones stand out for being a cut above the other ones, and which ones stand out for being a cut worse? Seven is the worst. I hundred really? percent think, and I, I was giving flack to one and two just because. I mean, they're so different and like they have a lot of problems, but seven is 
boring and I did not remember how boring it was like it's got good moments in it and if you think of seven that's probably what you're thinking of are those moments but the rest of it is just like Harry and Hermione and Ron wandering around in a forest and they I they only accomplish like destroying one horcrux in the entire movie and most of it is left in into like the eighth movie yeah and Voldemort finds the elder wand yeah, yeah, that happens too. And it's just, I mean, and then it's he got pulls good. Mo- Emperor Palpatine just shoots lightning <laughs> into the sky. They should have done a base drop there. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, I mean, it's it's got good moments like all of them do, but I don't know. Five is probably the cut of it. I think five is hundred percent the one that's. I really like five. People don't like five for whatever reason. Five. I think they just get, they just don't like Dolores Umbridge. I so love Umbridge. See, I like her. I find her frustratingly great. Yeah. I mean, she's a t- like she's horrible, but I think the actress is great. Yeah. Like, embodies her perfectly. And I think that's a pretty faithful movie to the books. Yeah. Well, actually, no. That one's probably one of the ones that changes the most, but that's because five in the books well, is... Well, five not- is so long. Five it, is the longest It's one. long, and it's very... That's the one that my dad always likes to talk about, and I def I agree with him on this. He's like Harry in the books is just a whiny little baby who doesn't get what he wants, and he's so annoying the entire book. And I, I don't think remember. I mean, the main. I don't remember that much change happening between what's different about five in the in the movie. I think it's just that they cut out so much, and they cut out all the right parts. Well, yeah, they they, they cut out so much because it's literally like a nine hundred page book. Yeah, and I think that's mostly the the changes. Um, is and I think it's the best one at cutting out the bad stuff because there are some subplots in the other books that they cut out that I kind of wish they is had kept. five the one where Hermione is so focused on freeing all the the house elves or whatever. I don't know if that's. I feel like that's five. That might be five. That's got to be five. I don't even hate that subplot. But I mean, it wouldn't have worked in that movie. It would have. And I feel like there's a. Is there a big Quidditch subplot that just gets thrown out of the movie? Could be. I I don't think Quidditch is in it at all. So probably. Yeah, I think they win the Quidditch cup. And it's a big part of the book. Okay. Yeah, but they take out so much and I think they just really streamline it down and make it uh, the best it can be. So that's probably that's probably the one that is for sure better than the book, I think. For me, that's six. I don't really love six is my least favorite book. Um, some people, it's their favorite, including <laughs> my girlfriend. Oh. Um, but agree to disagree there. I think it's the worst one. Okay. I think the movie is, like you said, just takes out the, the worst stuff and streams li- streamlines it into a a nice two-hour experience. Yep. My favorite is the fourth one, though. I love that one. Four is good. Yeah, it's got Batman in it. Oh, also, okay, and I did not realize this. So, I mean, people kind of give, like, three... People think of three as, like, the transition movie to when it kind of gets darker and four even more so. But I did not realize once David Yates comes on board as director in five, that's just, like... I mean, not even just tonally, but like visually, I could not see so much of what was happening. And I thought about writing a letterboxed review on five and just being like, David Yates, bring a flashlight to set next time. Wow. (laughs) Did he direct Game of Thrones, The Long Night? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't remember that. 
yeah, re- I, I mean, I remember it being dark when they're in like the Ministry of Magic and stuff, but um. But anyway, besides that, we spent a lot longer on that than I thought we would. But um, uh, I, I've been playing Yakuza 0 still. I started Res- the original Resident Evil, although the remake that was on GameCube that was then just remastered in HD for PS4. So I've been playing that. Um, yeah. Is it good? Eh, you don't need you definitely don't need to play it it's i mean i definitely won't yeah <laughs> i mean i i'm playing it because i'm now a big resident evil fan and it's interesting i had never played any of the ones that were like isometric and like had those like tank controls and i it's tense it's very it, like i can see why the games were scary back then uh those types of games but it's just the controls are so purposely a mess and it's kind of hard to get over um is it a lot worse than Until Dawn or similar? It's worse than Until Dawn. Okay. I think. So I thought I liked it in, in Until Dawn and I I don't hate those tank controls. I think I think I think it just gets in your way more in Resident Evil cuz in, in Until Dawn I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's just there's constantly like dogs and other zombies around the corner from you. Yeah. I don't know. Um yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So, Jimmy, just say your Last of Us 2 stuff. Get it over with. <laughs> okay, Holden. I guess you're just not excited to hear what I have to say I'm about not. The Last of Us 2. No, I am. <laughs> um, so I'm about 12 hours in. And most of those being, I, I think about four of those being played yesterday or five. I got quite a bit yesterday. They haven't. It's the evening here on Tuesday. Haven't gotten to play any today yet. Um, I will say, so no spoilers. I think I'm a, a, maybe a little bit farther than a third of the way through the game. If you've been watching the demos, I'm just coming up to the part with the hospital, with the PS Vita player. That was a big deal. Um, so if you know what that is, I'm just getting to that point um, in the game. And the first two to three hours are just a whirlwind of emotions and a lot happens and it's very interesting and i think you just need to play it and um after that though like nothing has happened i mean it's really interesting um the gameplay is phenomenal like it is just uh, some people had some gripes of the with the gameplay in the first one i thought it was solid i really liked it um i didn't think it got in the way of the narrative at all this one, it's just, it is so good and just so streamlined and everything just feels so fluid. Um, one thing I like is that you're really forced to use everything. Like where in the first game, you can kind of get away with kind of, oh, getting into a certain strategy or to kind of stealth, just kind of sneak up behind someone, stealth, take out. This thing, you're just like constantly crafting everything using all your different weapons the dogs make it so difficult, especially when there's several of them. It's just like super, super um, challenging. Um, some of the the combats, there's some set pieces that are just amazing. Uh, the one subtle change that makes a huge difference is they actually made the combat music way more intense. Um, and I really think that adds to the atmosphere. Narratively, 
I am not sold on the game yet, which I think is surprising. Um, I think it's just, maybe it's because I am the player that just wants to search every nook and cranny and try to get all the story I can. Um, because there are pockets of environmental storytelling just like there were in the first one, but just kind of twice as much probably in this game so far. And I just like, like I said, the first two to three hours, so much stuff happens. And then the last nine hours of the game, really there's only been one significant development. Huh. So I, but I mean, people have been just raving about the narrative, so I, I'm I'm kind of expecting it to change. I did have a certain expectation for um, something narratively that didn't end up being that way, and not like a major, um, probably not the thing you're thinking about if you if you've looked at the leaks, but a different thing. Um, I'm not sold on some of the new characters yet and their relationship with Ellie. But um, there are the moments that do work are between Joel and Ellie. And there's just like, there's like a whole 45 minute sequence where I was like just tearing up the whole time. And it was just, but like in just like the beautiful warmth and love of the original game. Um, So there are pockets of that. um, And there are human moments, of course. Really? There's right. humans? Yeah, there are humans. But wow. like, you know, just like so much stuff is happening. Um, but I would say gameplay wise, I mean ten out of ten. It is I mean, it just blows the first one out of the water. Um, but like the narrative, I'm I'm not quite there yet. It just we'll see. I'm I'm guessing that it will it'll um really pick up. But just like thinking back to the the first game like being 12 hours into the game, I mean, you're almost done. Just thinking of all the stuff that happens in that time span and and something like Uncharted 4, all the stuff that happens in the first 12 hours of the game. Um, this game's a little, di- it's just different. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily better or worse, but I think I was just kind of expecting more stuff to happen at this point. And um, I'll definitely look at it in the context of the whole game. But uh, if I would describe the game, I would say it's definitely the last Jedi of video games. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like, some people are going to hate this game. I uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what people are expecting. Like, I hate when people just get mad at it because, like... Um, it's at, not, it is not a crowd pleaser at all. Yeah. Like, well, I just hate... I, unapologetically. I get, this goes this this connects to my my feelings about the last Jedi too. I I it annoys me when people just hate a movie or game or some sort of narrative just because the narrative doesn't go the way they want it to. And like and that's not to say there aren't flaws with the last Jedi. Yeah, like, no. They're definitely I would say the narrative in terms of just is more it's there's not nearly as many like blatant flaws. Mm-hmm. Or plot holes or whatever in this in this storyline, it's just people didn't like where the story went, so they hate it. Yeah, it's and like because Ellie's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, as long as it like fits within the realm of the characters and like what was set up, I do not see an issue. Like 
it, if it goes in a different direction than what I wanted, that's fine. I don't care. That's the that's the writer's vision. It's not my vision. Their story, not mine. Whatever. As long um, as they don't make Ellie just a, a, I don't know, a bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll hold and I guess I will spoil it for you. In the first scene of the game, they a magician appears and turns Ellie into a bunny. Pulls rabbit. her out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! But um, of course, there are there's so many details and nods to the first game and to other Naughty Dog games that it's just like, if you are a fan of those, you're going to pick up on all these little details mm-hmm. um, that just add to it. I'm I'm very curious to see where it goes. Um, because like I said, uh, it's kind of the calm before the storm, I think. Yeah. Uh, but like more people have played it. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'll be interested to, I don't know if I'm gonna. Maybe I will just when I uh, I'll just go right into a new game plus when I finish it and kind of play through it just like without looking through every nook and cranny because there's a lot. I mean, like you could easily just miss out on hours upon hours of gameplay and little micro stories if you just weren't weren't diligently looking for them. Like I would look over an area like two three times and on the third time i discover a whole new area that i didn't even see Mm -hmm. so i mean it's just massive 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 um but yeah for me it's kind of just slowed down the pacing quite a bit it's definitely more kind of not gameplay wise but just pacing wise like a red dead 2 than an uncharted 4 so just getting used to that well, Jimmy, once you finish the game, uh, you'll sign in on my PS4 and I'll download it and play it. Sure, I could. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> Maybe we will. I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. I mean, for you you probably had the beginning spoiled for you, it sounds like. I know something happens. I yeah, don't know so if it happens at the beginning. Okay, so I mean, I... It'd be interesting I'm not to gonna see. say it in case it happens yeah, later no. in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I won't say it on the podcast in general. Yeah. No, I, I won't say anything. But uh, there there are some things so far that have just blatantly just pissed me off, like story-wise. But um, so I can get why people are angry. Because there's like, I was kind of expecting something to happen and it didn't. Um, so... Yeah. I'm I'm staying open-minded though. I I really want to like this game, obviously. So we'll see. Anything when else you've been done. doing, Jimmy? Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time with my family this week because my sister was in town. Oh, whoop de doo! And it was my mom's birthday and Father's Day, so wow. that it was hard to find some. I was like starting i would start playing the last of us at like 11 30 p.m and then stay up until one and then wake up at like seven and play to 8 30 and <laughs> so yeah um but yeah i'll probably play a little bit more here holden even though it's going to be 11 when we're all wrapped up with this yep um oh i mentioned i forgot to mention last week because i know i had talked about it the week before i'm covid free and actually my whole family is now too my negative test result came out back uh, before the last episode. Um, so that's good. And then the that's other a Tom thing, Brokaw. 
that's a Tom Brokaw. But then the other thing was two weeks ago, I also mentioned how I got into a car accident. And then my, uh, I don't have to pay for that, actually, because it all comes out of liability, I guess, or something like that. I don't know how insurance works. I'm just a kid. I'm a wee lad. Um, just a wee lad. Yeah. So, I mean, that probably means my premium's going to go up. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> getting into that insurance stuff on this podcast that's not what this is um uh yeah send us home Alden. next week we'll be doing american movie i've mentioned it on this podcast before um it's a documentary from 1999 it's by the guy who if you've seen the fire festival documentary on netflix or if you've seen jim and andy the great beyond um, it's that same filmmaker. It was one of his first feature-length documentaries. Both of those movies are really good, by the way. Yep. Um, this is my favorite out of his that I've seen. It is also maybe my favorite documentary just in general. I think it's the one that has the most rewatchability for sure because it is very funny. It's almost... If you go into it like not knowing any of anything that happens in it, it's like watching a comedy almost because it's just these people are like characters that you could not write like they're so funny and so weird i 100 percent recommend it and I, I can't wait to hear what jimmy thinks about it because i think he'll like it a lot um you said it was on netflix no uh it's no. you can rent it a couple places i think but it's on shutter <laughs> as Which, in holden shutter yeah <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what Shutter, <laughs> funny mock. <laughs> it also might be on Crackle. I don't remember, but Shutter. Oh, my two favorite streaming services. Yeah, right. If you don't know what Shutter is, it's like a horror film streaming service. And the reason why it's on there is because the movie that the documentary is about the making of is like supposed to be a horror short film. So that is why I assume that's why it's on there. Um. And then we'll maybe do something else, too. We'll probably do something else. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe not. Maybe not. We won't make any promises. <laughs> we won't make any promises. Um, send in your recommendations uh, via reviews and Patreon. Um, and you can send us emails, too, if you'd like. Because I know certain uh, services that you may be using to listen to us, especially on, like, Android devices, may not have the best ways of giving us recommendations. So if that's the case for you, you can send it to us through an email. Jimmy should actually check that sometime. I do check it all the time. Oh, Holden. do you? Okay, I, I just Tomp, assumed you didn't. It's tompodcast at gmail.com. T-O-M-P podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Um... So, yeah, I'll send that. Um, Facebook will happen this week. I didn't post anything last week, but I will post something this week. Um, we'll include we'll include the donations again in the description here. I'll have Jimmy do it, uh, the Black Lives Matter and other things we've been doing. Um, I know I, things are slowing down. We mentioned that last week, but it's still important. And I think we're, we're, we're still pushing for if you want to donate to our Patreon, just donate to those. Uh, for the month of June. And it is still June. So please do that. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I'll just clarify. I'm not going to quit being anti-racist. Yeah. No. We are not being solely anti-racist <laughs> for this month. No. <laughs> no. Like, uh, no. 
no. If you are a racist, you can listen to a different movie podcast. Yep. Not ours. There's a good one called Moy Five Heard. You <laughs> all the racists can just listen to that one. <laughs> oh my god. Don't go don't do that, please. <laughs> uh anyway. Um yeah. Adios pantalones. Love you. That's nightly news for this Wednesday night. I'm Tom Brokaw, and I'll see you along the way.